0: morning, and welcome to Our Morning Take, where we try to share the movie that's going on in our head. Get the movie in your head, people. <laughs> my name is Frank Johnson. And I'm Abraham Lawrence, as always. And if you're listening on iHeartRadio, uh, I don't know about Podbean, but I know on iHeartRadio you ha- have been seeing our new logo for the last few episodes. Have you seen it yet? I have not. Oh, my well, goodness. I will have to look it up. I believe Nikki Maychak was the one that actually uh, designed this thing. It looks like a spilt cup of coffee or something, like coffee stain. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. It's actually really cool. And it says Our Morning Take, and it says something about getting the movie in our head or something. I like that. that. You'd think I'd be more prepared and actually see (laughs) the thing in front of me. But, hey. It's all good. This is the 82nd episode of season one. Wow. It's May the 2nd. We're closing in on, you know, half the year over. I know school is almost out.
1: Yeah, I know these kids are ready to get out of school. I'm ready to get out of school. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I bet you are.
0: Now, episode 65 left off with the story of Abraham and Sarah, and we want to kind of pick that up. It's kind of Abraham, Lawrence, and myself. It's kind of our thing. So when Nick is here, we kind of do something a little different, but we kind of want to go back and talk about that. And we just finished where the birth of Isaac was promised to Abraham and Sarah. She laughed. And God said, well, you know what, I'm going to be back in a year and you will have a baby, so, you know, we'll see. And uh, of course, they were kind of killing two birds with one stone. Not only did they come down to talk to Abraham about what they were going to do there, but they were also on the way to Sodom and Gomorrah to do something down there, which we're going to get to a little bit today. So if you want to follow along with us, we're in Genesis, we're in the 18th chapter of Genesis, and we're going to start reading around about the 20th verse. The Lord said... Uh, the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me, and if not, I will know. What, uh, why do you suppose it says it like that? Did the Lord not know really what was going on? Like, I got to go down there and see for myself, make sure this is exactly what's going on.
1: I'm thinking it's just like, you know, it's one of those things, I got to see it to believe it sort of thing, but he know he, al- he already knows, but I'm just thinking it's one of those kind of metaphors where he's saying that he's hearing it's grievous, and I'm going to see it, and I'm going to know how, how bad it really is, pretty much, is what I'm thinking.
0: I think so, too, and I think it also uh, falls in line with the whole theology of Abraham, go sacrifice your son knowing good and well that Abraham's yeah. going to do it. He doesn't have to see whether he's going to do it or not. He knows that that's what he's going to do. He knows what Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. is all about down there, but he's literally going to go down there and let them make idiots out of themselves with these two angels. And that's, that's all part of God's plan, I think. Oh, right? absolutely. So the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. So uh, the Lord doesn't go anywhere. I do find this interesting. Because, see, the Lord doesn't have to go down there and find out what's going on. He sends the two angels and only the two angels. And then, uh, so now here's Abraham before the Lord. Now, this part of the story has got to really tug at your heart a little bit about how much Abraham loves his his nephew. Yeah. Because he knows that God's going to go down there and destroy the place where his nephew has actually taken up residence. So he comes near and he says, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked?
1: Let's, let me just um, stop right there. Yeah. So, you know, we always give, we kind of give Lot a bad rap, but is he really a bad guy? Would Abraham say that if he was like a bad guy?
0: Hebrews chapter 11 says that Lot was a righteous man and that he was tortured. His soul was tortured living in that sinful
1: place. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, he just, knew better. Yeah, just think about, you know, you go in places that you shouldn't and you feel miserable.
0: Mm, yeah, and I would. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, he kind of, I don't know, I guess he felt like that's where his flocks would flourish. So you feel like you're going to be prosperous, but man, how miserable it yeah, is. Yeah,
1: just think, I mean, that's the allure of the world. Though.
0: Isn't it like a Christian that owns a bar? Kind of. I kind think of, of it like that. Because, I mean, listen, you can be a Christian and own a bar. You can. I mean, you know. Um, but that seeing people abuse the alcohol every day and just see what goes on every day and you go, but this is how I make my living. And and maybe it's a really good living. Maybe you've got a really great nightclub. Comedians come in. you got acts coming in. you got great musical groups that come in. And you really enjoy all of that. But then you see the, you see the darkness yeah. of just what happens in a nightclub. And you say, I mean, wouldn't that just be torture? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I kind of equate it to all that. Now, we can just walk out of the nightclub. We can just sell the nightclub, do yeah. something else. I mean, but I don't know that Lot felt like he could do anything else. Do you think?
1: He I mean, picked that area. Yeah. And that's so kind of where where is where he, he going to do? Hone in on Abraham's land? There's nowhere else to go.
0: Yeah. You know? So I, I do think he was, he was tortured down there. Now I know people are not going to think that from this story. I get it. But when we read about it in Hebrews 11, that's about the only way I can, I can say that Hebrews 11 is correct.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely, because it lines up exactly what Abraham says. Are you going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? Yeah,
0: because he is righteous. Yeah. And God says, well, he says, suppose there are 50. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous which are in it? Now, to me... That wouldn't be, be very meaningful because Sodom and Gomorrah were hundreds of thousands of people. These were big cities. They were, these were like Nineveh. So, you know, Nineveh so had So maybe about,
1: he's thinking about the 50 people in his family.
0: Well, he, I think he thinks, well, there's Lot and his yeah. wife and his daughters, and surely they've married, and yeah. surely he's got some friends. Yeah, so you would think 50 wouldn't be that bad. Right. Uh, 50. Well, you indeed, so he would—and and, uh, far be it from you— Abraham says this to God, to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you, he says this twice, Mm. shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly. Now, the cool thing is God doesn't refute any of that. Like Jesus doesn't say, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? I can do whatever I want to do. Don't tell me I can be or I shouldn't be or I should do. Who are you? No, the Lord just says, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. Now, this is the movie in my head. <laughs> Abraham goes, uh, that was too easy. <laughs> there must not be 50 people
1: there, because he, he was pretty quick about it. Uh, okay,
0: yeah. yeah, if I can find 50, okay. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Is that the way you
1: see this, Abe? Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. You have to come a little forward with where you're at. Okay. Here <laughs> right. I am now. Now you're right. Now you're in my here. picture. All right. And Abraham replied, now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Mm. Shows us humility. That's it. But remember in the last episode, if you were with us last episode, I said humility and courage. Are all part of the same coin. Yes. And this is so Abraham right here. Yeah. He's showing his humility, but he's also showing his courage. Yes. So he musters up another question. Suppose the 50 righteous are lacking five. We destroy the whole city because of five? Five. And God says, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. And and I like how God makes sure that we're talking about the same thing. Now, I'm not talking about five. Just so we're clear. We're talking about 45. (laughs) Yeah. 45. He spoke to him yet again. Suppose 40 are found there. Now, this goes on and on. And uh, Why do you suppose, Abe? Why why didn't he just cut to the chase and said, what if there's just six?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little confused about that, too. I know. Is it? Maybe just the fear of the Lord? I think that it's the fear of the Lord, and Abraham was just hoping that, you know, other than Lot and his crew, there had to be some other righteous people there.
0: Did you think maybe God would just cut him off at, like, 40? Like, if he says, well, what if—he goes, listen, just stop it already, okay? (laughs) I'll go at 40, and that's it. We're done. But God doesn't do that, and Abraham continues to just say all the way down to about verse 32, and he says— Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten Mm. are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the ten. And as soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place. Ten. Just ten. Just ten. Just ten.